Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out thing and you guys might be like you moron of course but uh, as I told you I was I was having a drink at the Bel Air Hotel because I'm fancy like that earlier and the piano like in that bar there's like a, there's always a little like piano horn thing going on and they're doing all these TV theme songs right so they start into the succession theme song mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there and I'm like wait is this Gangster's Paradise by Julio. <laughs> and then I start singing it with the song, and I'm like, it is. And there's even certain <laughs> like notes that they hit that are like, don't, 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 don't. I, I was not in key right there, but the, yeah, it is. It's Gangster's Paradise. I, have, you, have either of you ever noticed that? Um, I think I've. I've Wait, what was the song? The six, do you watch Succession on HBO? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, it's Gangster's Paradise. It's the same melody and they're kind of, it's got that same kind of backbeat to it as well. It's just all these like pianos going, you know, all over the place around it. Yeah. But I think I've noticed before. When you noticed before, was it where at some point like you were watching the show and then like during the song you were like money and the power. Power, no, power and the money, money and the power, minute after minute, hour after, after hour. hour. <laughs> well, it was a Stevie song first, um, but no, I, I think I just I I it it didn't consume me. I think I had a passing thought about it. I just I really enjoyed that kind of soundtrack song for that. Uh, it gets show. me fired up when the show's about to start and like and Certainly. that comes on. Um, didn't didn't push a T rap over that. I think he did. I think he cut a track over that. You're asking the wrong person. For the six, like for the show? Nah, or just because he, he was separately. like, that's dope. Let me, that's let me, dope. Let me I got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and what's he like? Been spending most of our lives. It's just a cover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Another, another funny. Um, so sometimes like I'll just look at like rock and roll news. I'll just look at rock and roll news. And mm-hmm. this random thing popped up, and it was like, it was like in the 90s, Eddie Van Halen and Fred Durst had a recording session, like at the peak of, uh, what was his Lim- band's Lim- name? Limp Biscuit. Yeah, yeah, Limp Biscuit. I was about to say Papa Roach, but it's Limp Biscuit. <laughs> and, uh, a little bit bigger. And, it, and then I guess it went so bad <laughs> that Eddie Van Halen showed back up to Fred Durst's place in a tank. He drove a tank through the front gate. Tank, shirtless, <laughs> with a gun. Cigarette later, hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he later he said it was like a scholar jamming with a kindergartner. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I read up on it a little bit. Um, so he met him at a party. Uh, like one of their uh, the producers like, oh, you should get together. Um, and he was like, sure. 
but he's yeah he said it, it went horribly and then limp biscuit just started smoking a bunch of weed and eddie took off without his gear i guess he was so mad he's just like fuck this <laughs> like put his cigarette butt out um and then he tried to call and durst didn't pick up uh, the phone for like 24 hours so he showed up and and the way they describe it in a tank shirtless samurai bun cigarette and a rope for a belt like just totally like hobo fucking uh millionaire shirtless too probably <laughs> oh shirtless but probably sure. if he's wearing a belt the pants were going above the navel right you know i mean you got the belt wrapped around like yeah that's, that's... rope belt <laughs> driving a tank <laughs> that is fantastic um we should have talked about this on the last last episode but like a couple days after we recorded it it was it's the 50th anniversary of dark side Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that both of you love Dark Side of the Moon. One of my favorite all-time albums, for sure. Yeah. Okay, Forget great. about it. So I'm assuming we all did the Wizard of Oz at some point. Done so it. At Red Rocks. You did it at Red Rocks? Yeah, we were in Colorado, and there was no other concerts. They were just doing... Well, actually, it was... Um, it was they were putting on the Wizard of Oz you could just go see that but then there was a radio station that was like sinking it so like there was families in the back we were like partying like yeah tuning into like 109 <laughs> fm or something <laughs> it was fun though it was an experience it's my only time at red rocks so there you go that's a good time at red rocks it sounds fun yeah, yeah. that's 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 cool i i definitely did it in college do you, do you remember when you when you did it jordan i was like high school age i think I'm pretty sure, or sometimes like a little bit after. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely. I must college. say, it's a it's a huge reach. Oh, I don't think it's, it's that big of a reach. No. Okay. No, I mean, the door the door opens and it turns color. Yeah. It's yeah. like I mean that's yeah that's that's the yeah that's the one big and the, thing. Ah, 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 I mean it lines up mm -hmm. perfectly. It, uh, it, it definitely it, does. It's it's really it's really cool. I. I mean, I think it, it, it's hard to say that, like, any rock album is has meant more than that one. Like, just as an album, right? I mean, it, I think it was on the it was on the Billboard off and on for 751 weeks. Yeah, yeah, and I think That's it's... That's insane. At a certain point, <laughs> wow. when album, albums just get so good, you can't even say one's better than another. That's just... It's, it's up there. It's, like, one of the kings. What would you say is your favorite song from the album i think that's a, that's a good question i mean i just love time for sure and i also love the last song eclipse i think it's just such a putting a bow on that album you know just and it's so like just epic just and all you can feel i i don't think you can separate because I'm, I'm gonna i would just say brain damage and eclipse are the best because they just flow into each flow other. right into each other yeah they're kind of a one song mm -hmm, that they divide mm -hmm. it up. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. I, I, I don't. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just, well, the end of the album the is just, yeah, it's brilliant. Jordan, do you have something different? I don't know. I was maybe going to say any color you like, but uh, I'm not sure, you know, so those songs, the whole album just goes, flows so well that it's like hard to differentiate any really specific does. song for me. Yeah, I mean, it really does. It's like, I listened to it the other day when I when I heard that it was the 50th anniversary, and it really just flows by so quickly. Yeah. Like, if you listen to it, it's just like, you're like, God. 
Yeah, that was great. And I would yeah. say I would say my time is one of my favorites. Just that guitar solo. I just I, I love just the music in that song, the melody, the guitar solo. It's fucking sick. There's a couple of notes he hits where I'm just like, that's genius. And the balls to just have so many clocks going off. Yeah. <laughs> Before such a great song, just being like, this ain't gonna ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing <laughs> seeing that um, seeing Roger Waters at uh, Crypto.com was epic recently. Last year, you went to the most recent one. Yeah, the most recent one, and oh uh, Jonathan Wilson shredded. Yeah, he is, you know, the band leader. He's amazing. I saw him on the previous tour when it was still Staples. So and nice. Jonathan Wilson was there. Yeah, and Lucius was was the singers. Were they still doing the? Oh yeah, the backup. The oh two yeah, girl, the yep. two twins or yep. whatever. And isn't he re-recording it? Dark Side of the Moon. Think so? No, no, no. February 9th, twenty twenty-three. Roger Waters says he's re-recording "Dark Side of the Moon." Jesus Christ! Yeah. What? I was That's laughing wild. when I guess the Frog Brigade is getting back together to do uh, their Animals tour. Like so many people, just play Pink Floyd over the summer tours and just <laughs> cash in money. Wait, what is the Frog Brigade? Is that a Les Claypool Let, band? Claypool, yeah, yeah, yeah. like. Basically, they just do animals. They, like, that's their thing. Oh, really? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, much love to uh, Pink Floyd and Dark Side of the Moon. I have one really special experience with that album, actually. Last year at Burning Man, there was this thing called the Sonic Sphere, and it was this huge dome with lights everywhere, and they have... You wait in line. We probably waited, like, an hour in line at, like... Probably got in line around 3 or 4, and then... AM. Sweet. And then we're let we like heard them playing like some Pink Floyd, then heard them playing some classical music, and we're like, oh, this is really cool. Like, no idea what they're gonna play when we go in there. And then a bunch of people go out, we go in, we walk up the stairs, and there's like all this netting in the middle, and you lay down on this netting, like this huge kind of bungee type netting, mm-hmm. and you look up and there's lights going everywhere, and they start playing like the first song of Dark Side. Uh. And we're just like are they doing Wait a it? second. Are they are they about to play the whole oh my god. Like they're playing the whole album. Like, yeah. And like and like money comes in, and it's like ding ding ding. It's just like it's complete incredible surround sound. Uh, nice. By the time the album ended, the sun was coming up and it was just like the most beautiful sunrise uh-huh. of, yeah, like that, one of one of the best sunrises of my life. It was insane. And as we just mentioned, the end of the album is the most epic yeah. part. It, exactly. That's a wonderful um, Burning Man success story for sure. I was, yeah. yeah, my friend, my friend was just like, see, when you just like find yourself at the right place at the right time, it just all comes in, falls into place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when the when the sun is eclipsed by the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um, well, <laughs> well, on that note. Uh, you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you, and we are talking about the rock canon because this week we are talking about Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers American Girl from their 1977 album Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers written by Tom Petty and produced by Denny Cordell and released on Shelter When she was an American First of all, how can you not love Tom Petty? My mom actually had this record, and I stole it a few years ago. I 
think it's his first record. I probably should have researched that. It, it's either his first or second. I think it's his first one, though. But it does have my two favorite Tom Petty songs on it, which are this and Breakdown. I catered for a while, and I would sing that every single night that I was breaking down after the event. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's for, another, that's for another episode. I think this song is so iconic for numerous reasons, but like most of all, I love the fact that this kind of has a southern punk quality to it. It is very L.A., but it's grounded in the South, if that makes sense. Um, I also think it's ahead of its time. Like it, it's, in, it's right in the middle of the 70s. It's not excess rock. It's not punk rock. It's not southern jam music. Like The vibe is straight out of like 50s rockabilly meets a little bit of punk like in the 70s. And while at the same time, like taking the reins from the Beach Boys to kind of define American rock music moving forward. Um, so, the, yeah, I'm putting a lot on this song. But <laughs> as you should, as you should. But but again, like, I mean, even like the end, like the, the guitars at the in the outro are basically every early 2000s rock band. So, I mean, it's, all you know, just basically to sum it up, like this is a never turn it off, instantly singable classic. It's past time that we discussed a Tom Petty song, and I think this is the, uh, this is like the birth of like a different kind of Southern rock after the Almonds and Skinner kind of staked a certain claim to it. So that's, that's the song for me. Sweet. It's such, it's such like a slice of Americana. Mm-hmm. So Cheese uniquely. Pie. Cheese pie. Dream, hopes and hopes and dreams. <laughs> Did you say cheese and pie? Cheese pie petty. Cheese is America. Slice. slice. Is, I always thought cheese was France. I'm sorry. He said slice. Or, was, or Wisconsin. <laughs> slice. Slice. Yeah. You didn't. You, you didn't see where he was going. I didn't even see it. Sorry. I should have picked up on that too. Tom Petty just sounds like Tom Petty. It's. There's a little bit of Dylan in there too, oh, yeah. with his vocals yeah. and stuff for sure. But yeah, I can't. It's like I hear him; it's just instant. There's just the band has this specific sound. He's got such a specific sound. That great rock and roll that you're just like, yeah, I can I can listen to this anytime. Hell yeah! The, the attitude. There's an attitude that's different than Dylan though. Like you, he is kind of. Um, yeah, they're I'd... cooler. Like Dylan was a rebel, but like Petty was cooler. He was mm-hmm. just like cool up there he's embodying rock and roll yeah in control yeah and i mean josh like you said from the south to la it's 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 those two extremes because it's just all of america it's such an american song you know what i mean and just as i was talking about with floyd at a certain point songs just don't get any better i think in the right context i don't know how you could say any song is better than this if it's the right kind of question it's deservedly overplayed i mean everyone's heard this one billion times um but i was surprised putting it on in headphones it had been a while since i just cranked it up put on headphones and listened to this and i was very surprised at it took me off guard like it it, i thought it was bigger it's a little like it is really big it's just like there's a lot of things going on and the way it's mixed i was like wow this is crazy um because it's 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 it, it is the first album. I, I just checked that. Mm-hmm. It, this is like a, the, this is way too like melodically mature for a first album. Yeah, 
Well, yeah. The, the melody is what is what's why you think it's so big. Yeah. Right. Yeah, certainly. And and just how how many times you've heard it live or just when you hear it when you're not listening intently on, over on the radio or something, it just it sounds big. But when I put it on, I was like, is this like a, a demo version? <laughs> like, <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah, just the nuance is different than I uh, remembered. <clears throat> but um, I mean, p- like pop rock, this is just the essence of pop rock. Um, but it's a different, like, because I think if you're talking about pop rock before this, you're talking about Stones, Beatles. Or actually, you're talking about the Beatles. You're not even, the Stones were more blues rock. You're talking about the Beatles. This is different than the Beatles yeah. and kind of stuff that was going on in the 60s. Yeah. And anything really coming out of England. This is very specifically American without being, you know, you think about the, you know, we've talked a lot, Jordan, on here about, like, um, what are your favorite American bands? Like, uh... You know, The Dead, The Doors, Credence. You know, Tom Petty really doesn't get thrown in there because you don't think of it as a band, I don't think. But it, it, this is. I mean, the, the Heartbreakers are a band. But, like, this this just sounds different. He, I, I just think there's a lot to the fact that, like, the punk scene was going on in a different part of the, of, of the country. And he's kind of doing mm-hmm. his own thing with that vibe. Because punk is pretty poppy like if you oh, listen yeah, to Ramones no, yeah. like it's, they're, they're yeah. pretty it's, it's kind of like almost bubblegum yeah pop, no you know, just it, sped up on speed I think right? it's almost set up to be that way it's just kind of like taking these the easy intervals and chords and then just putting distortion and yell were the Ramones over. around by now or like uh, by this yeah, time this, is, this, this first this album 70, time this is 77 77 yeah, 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 yeah okay I mean, I mean this is late 70s you know I mean this is you know, Aerosmith's been around. Skinner's and been around. Petty yeah. kind of looks like a blonde Ramon. <laughs> a little bit sometimes. Hey, he totally that does. Extreme, especially in that old gray whistle test uh, live recording. But but it's almost like Petty took the punk scene and gave it a southern accent, right? Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. slows down just enough. I it would, takes its time just enough. I would never call this punk. I see where you're going with it just because of it is so powerful. And, he, and he's like really getting at the guitars are getting after it he's getting after it vocally but i never thought that yes it's more rockabilly but with the punk attitude Mm -hmm. of the 70s right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's got that attitude jordan what you were saying like petty sounds like petty which makes sense but just to that point, I did read that uh, their guitar player, I forget his name. Um, I should know his Mike name. Campbell. Yeah, Mike, Mike Campbell. Campbell. He was saying uh, when they cut this, it was one of the best days of his life. He was like, there's our sound. We did it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of songs after well, I mean, this that really kind of used the essence of it. Sure, but <laughs> it, 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 since you brought up the musician, I mean, Tom Petty's playing rhythm. Uh, and and singing obviously Mike Campbell's on lead guitar, and also playing a rhythm guitar. There's two rhythms here. Uh, Ron Blair is the bass, Stan Lynch on drums, and Ben Montench on piano and Hammond. And kind of the musical standout of this song is the double guitars. Like that is a sound that I know that the Almonds had it and mm-hmm. certain bands. This is not what they were doing though. This isn't like Skinner. Mm-hmm. This is just like kind of well, melodic. Yeah. Yeah, and two guitars. two guitars just chugging along right out of the gates. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the standout may be the guitars, um, but 
that be- that bass that comes in right away is just so nice. I mean, that makes the song go boom, 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 boom. Yeah, boom, the bass line is boom. I mean, fantastic. It, yeah, it's really great. It's it, super it smooth. Is, it is almost as melodic as the song. Like, and he's not following the the melody at all. But it, it the bass line is just so melodic and heavy. But it kind of carries you through the song. The jangling guitars are just yeah, kind of a, a jangling nice that Rickenbacker. Gravy. Yeah. <laughs> They're jangling. But it it really is, man. But even then, but even at the end of the song with the guitars, you know that. Um, the down, 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 oh yeah, that's a great part. Down, down, down. I mean, that's basically every Kings of Leon guitar solo I've ever heard. The yeah. Strokes said they 100%, took last yep. night from this and pretty much any mm-hmm. stroke song you've ever heard is kind of from this song specifically mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. and, and the killers kind of, you could say the same thing they're a little more effecty but like yeah yeah i listened to last night earlier today because they was they were referencing yeah. that they used that they totally stole that yeah and if you bring if you if you search american girl if you go down the list long enough last night's right there um and it was funny i petty or Casablanca admitted it, um, obviously, because it was um, it's undeniable. But Petty was just like, yeah, he said he didn't care. He's like, I, I think it's great they just had the balls to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's just move to my favorite part of the song, uh, which is the melody, and just a little music nerdiness here for for you, Jordan. It's funny he uses the whole scale of the chord in the song. Like he's using everything but the seven. So like he's one through six, those chords are being used. The only like add a like he the second chord he plays and that's is a is a seven the seventh of the of the two, but it's. And and trying to do the cover this week and singing it, it's 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 almost Orbison esque. Rough. And 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 where he starts and where he yeah. goes up. Well, to. he's straining. He's straining a lot. It, it's one of those songs where I'm gonna have to change to where I'm. It's very low because he's like, well, she was an American. Because by that time you get to like, uh, uh, waves crashing on the beach. She yeah. had one little promise she was gonna like you're just completely straining it, it, you're starting down here and going way up there and it's it's just super impressive that he was able to do that so early in his uh songwriting yeah career the the vocals in general are crazy man there's a lot of crazy decisions he's making throughout this whole song i mean it does have some dylan it's got some springsteen and it's funny just he's singing it almost as a character you know, like even the way he sings in general is like he takes on a persona almost like because in this song, he sounds like a almost a different person. You, you listen to it and it doesn't really break up. He doesn't feel comfortable until it's the try and she you can hear his voice open up like had one little promise. She, you know what I mean? Like he's almost straining the whole time. And then well, that's when like, he that's when he takes the attitude is like, oh, yeah. All right. Uh, and that you know key. Mm-hmm. The the best is that is the B section. So you have the well, she was an American girl mm-hmm. A section, and and then you have the B section, which starts with the. And if she had to die, mm-hmm. try she. Mm-hmm. And then the C section is the chorus. You know, 
oh yeah. I mean, the B section is the, the best mm-hmm. part of the song, right? Yeah, I think so. Jordan, do you have a favorite like lyric or vocal part of the song? I think it's the backing vocals. Make it last all night. <laughs> nice, really? Nice. Yeah, that's such you a. You like you like the back. They're so lo-fi. Yeah, but I, not... it's it's fun. It's like I like I like getting going high. I like going high with with my vocals sometimes, singing along to stuff. Because I think I get a good falsetto here and there. It's really fucking high, and they they do play with that <clears throat> to an extent where you know I mean the beginning from the check. And then the, ooh, and then the, make it last all night. It, it's almost like they tried to be robotic about it, though, right? Yeah. It's cool, though. It's, I mean, it's another uh, tip to just the American sound, you know what I mean? And the, this is just a grab bag of just all the best stuff, because that's kind of like a doo-wop, 50s kind of, like, callback. Yeah, well, that's fair. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I almost was wondering if there's like, uh, uh, if it's like chick singers on the on the background vocals, or if it's just them going high. Actually, no, I forgot earlier to mention that Phil Seymour is the uh, backing vocals. Hoffman. Okay. He does all of them. He's not a member Hoffman. of the Heartbreakers, but he was, uh, <laughs> Seymour. Yeah, Phil Seymour. Senior. <laughs> yeah, Phil Seymour uh, Senior. <laughs> My favorite part of just like, just in general. And it's, it has to do with melody, performance, and lyrics is uh, just the way he's that God, it's so painful when something's so close. God, it's so God, he's Because he's so mad. So he's like, God, it's so, so painful. Close. But lyrically, yes, I think that is like the pinnacle of like his singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But lyric, lyrically, the song is the first verse from, well, she was an American girl, all the way to you know, gonna keep. That is such a perfect like encapsulation of the feeling of wanting something more. The rest of the song lyrically is, it, it veers a little bit into rock and roll lyrics, but that first verse to the pre-chorus is fucking fantastic. It's so tight and well-written. And anybody who's ever like been in a situation where they were like, fuck, there's gotta be more than this. That shit sums it up, and it's a very American way of of thinking that big time something better is there for me. Well, yeah, and I must say, um, Jordan, that Billboard article you sent us before the pod, I was almost like, yeah, why, why are we even doing the pod? This is just sums it up absolutely <laughs> perfectly. Like to your point, Josh, like it's so cool they pointed out like how Petty's greatest gift in songwriting was writing about dreams that you never. You never achieve. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Running down a dream and this. And it's not about the victory, they said. It's about the, the journey, which is amazing. Definitely. That's a, the one thing you realize about a lot of petty songs, like you just said, is something like this can't... It can't be written and performed by somebody who hasn't been in that situation. Right? Because this whole... Like, the whole notion of shitty situation or there's got to be something better like a good writer can sit down and fucking write that mm-hmm. right definitely something else there's a, a feeling and a vibe and an attitude underneath this that's like yeah this guy fucking knows this feeling and knows how to deliver that 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you were kind of touching on those notes from that article or just other stuff that I've read about the song where, uh, you know, the waves crashing lyrics. It's like he was next to the freeway and that kind mm-hmm. of that was his that was his, him being by the was yeah. by the ocean was the, the sound of cars going by on the freeway. Yeah. I thought amazing. that was a really cool analogy. Yeah. Right down the street from you, Josh. He was in Encino. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, he, was, he was right up here. We, we should mention the producer again, uh, Denny Cordell, a uh, guy who worked with Tom Petty, the Moody Blues, Procol Harum, I believe, Joe Cocker, Leon Russell. Uh, Mike Russick. Mike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Had to give a shout out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Russick, Russick, Russick was a, a past guest. I listened to um, that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Or at least one, at least one of them. I think I listened to the one that was uh, about Christmas, the Christmas song. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> Production-wise, you know, I mean, he lets he lets Petty do his thing. I mean, they do a lot of stuff here. There's like breathing. There's claps. Yeah. There's like. Yeah, just I mean, even the way it was. Mixed, yeah, where are the claps? Kind, there's so much stuff going on. Um, well, the beginning is claps before the drums come in. It's I don't. It almost sounds like they're padding on their knees. Um, when you're coming into the song, but it, 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 he tries to make the song as fun as possible. Mm-hmm. I think that adds to the singable. This has been in TV shows and movies and shit a lot because of that. That you know, reason. Yeah, I do. I, I think um, production-wise, you can kind of tell that it was early because I, I feel like this song could have been a lot bigger and produced in a different way, but that just goes to show that um, you don't always have to like lean in and make it fucking huge it almost sounds dry you know what i mean it's real like you can it almost sounds like they're all in a room just doing this which is kind of what you want yeah but i um, like that feeling much. too for sure of the, the potential energy this song has is like limitless it goes back to, it's like it's like the 50s feel of like those elvis and johnny cash records and and where they're all in one room together it has that feel but it's and they they get better equipment and probably better room. They get there know. at the end when they just start jamming right after that, oh, that yeah. repetitive lick you were talking about, Josh, and then going into the hammers. Da-da-da-da-da. I was uh, disappointed by the fade out, though, a little bit. I, where do you go? I don't know. There's no, I guess there's no way to go. Before, before we move on, we, we have to mention, I mean, we're, we're talking about the fun aspects of it. And the, the, the doom, doom, doom. Oh, that the breakdown is fucking amazing. It's such a, like, it's out of nowhere. But, it's out but of nowhere. The thing about Setting that, you up for this oh, amazing outro. No, setting you up, going right back into the beginning. It's just like, it's such a yeah. good move. It's a reset. Anyway, a, a couple fun facts. Um, this, which is crazy, when this was released as a single, it did not chart in the U.S., mm-hmm. It peaked in the UK at number 40. It was re-released in 94 on its greatest hits and only hit number 68 in the US. Yet, it is number 169 on the Rolling Stone 500 uh, best Why do you think it never great, gained any popularity like right out of the gate or even like a, a year or two down the road? Probably just 77. Could have been, man, could have been like, label yeah. stuff, like label wasn't yeah. behind it enough or... Was it pushed? Well, we up? were just talking about that. Is was that even a big that big of a label? No, I mean Shelter. I, I don't right. I don't, I don't know what yeah. that, what that is, but yeah, I mean one of the I think Breakdown was a bigger song than this. This became big via classic rock radio mm-hmm. and placement 
in movies, which yeah. you have the Fast Times and you have the Silence of the Lambs, which are the two oh. that... I watched that Silence of the Lambs clip today. <laughs> yes, and terrible. That was, I was like, oh, oh. man, I got to watch that movie oh, again. My God. That was and they, they, crazy. That was the God. end of that article you sent. Um, they were talking about that, where like it perfectly wraps up the song, because right before she gets brutally murdered, yeah. she's tapping and she's, she's free. and tapping and, <laughs> and singing. And having the just, best time. It's so good. And it's such a perfect song to show. Like, um, this is what... You know. you know what's funny? Question. This is what can happen to you if you think it's all going to be fine and great. <laughs> such a <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Neil. No, just such a big part of the song, but he never says what the promise is. Uh, well, so the lyric was based on uh, a early, early Coppola movie called Dementia Thirteen, and somebody in the movie says she's an Amer- American girl. Uh, raised on promises. Huh. Wow. Nice. She's just nice, an American nice girl pull. raised on promises. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Which is yeah, great. Yeah, I saw, I saw that re- reference too. And, and that's why it's such a great encapsulation of American thought because if you live anywhere else in the world, it, it's not just like, hey, mm-hmm. I need more and more should uh, happen yes. to me and raised I should have on, more. Yes, yes. It's raised just a, on promises. A general yeah. promise so theme. There doesn't need to be an actual promise. It's just, it's all the promises. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, promises of like if you do the right thing, you're gonna get success, and uh-huh, like that's uh-huh. not necessarily a thing uh-huh. in other parts yeah. of the world as much as it is here. Like life is unfair. Uh, live, survive. Uh, <laughs> which, unfortunately, he did not. And and the last song he ever played live uh-huh. was this, yeah, of course, which is at crazy. the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. At the Hollywood Bowl. They ended the show with this, and he died two weeks Fucking later. Fucking fentanyl. Was that what it was? Very I thought sad. it was It was like an accidental no, overdose yeah, of was, like was, prescription it drugs. It was opioids. Yeah. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Was Petty still like pretty going, going pretty hard late in life? But was still smoking and drinking? Probably. I'm pretty sure he was still smoking hey, a bunch. I'm, I would be surprised if Petty wasn't still smoking. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Weed and cigs. Right? <laughs> Always saw him with a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he didn't hide that shit. But uh, speaking of, of looking cool with a cigarette, mm-hmm. I think it's time to vibe, fellas. Uh, so, Jordan, why don't you bring us into the vibe time in three, two, one. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Take it easy, baby. Let's vibe all Let's night. Let's vibe all night. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, all right, it's my song, so... I want to hear this specifically, like anytime I need some motivation, I think. Like there's something I'm looking forward to or want, and it doesn't seem to be happening fast enough, if at all. And I need like a music pep talk. Hmm. That's when I put on American Girl. Nice. Uh, Gets the juices flowing, gets the creative juices flowing. Yeah, yeah. Jordan, what do you think? When do you specifically want to hear this song? A pumped up for getting ready for the night. I think this is a nice like starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starter to get the mood set. Okay, we're gonna have a fun night tonight. Mm-hmm. You're on your own, either in the car or in the house, like singing it at the top of your lungs. Mm-hmm. I could do that. Yeah, cracking, you know, I got cracking a, that a nice first beer. Rec- I got a nice. Yep, I got a nice record player in the in my bedroom. You know. Maybe yeah. maybe maybe a shower beer and Ooh, and uh, listen, shower listen to beer. shower beer some American did, girl doing the doo wops. I did a sh- <laughs> I did I did a shower beer today to some Steely Dan that was oh, nice that's, yeah 
<laughs> is there it's any other solid. way? That's what a rainy Friday in, uh, in L.A. is all about right there. Shower yeah. beers. <laughs> shower beers followed by a shower sig. Uh, Neil, what about That's you? one thing I haven't done. I haven't shower done a shower sig. sig. <laughs> I've done a, I, actually, I've done a bath sig. Uh, I have not done a shower sig. Uh, it'd be pretty challenging. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I want to hear... Leaning out. Like... <laughs> um, it's funny, because I think I've mentioned this with another song that's just oversaturated. I've heard it so many times. I've heard it in every context you could ever talk about. But I think after listening to it and hearing all the nuance, it's just inspired me to like listen to really go back and listen to a lot more petty kind of with headphones and really kind of experience yeah. it you know so headphones and, and headphones alone alone taking notes taking <laughs> notes okay 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 taking well, notes on the song taking yeah, notes yeah. in general yeah. yeah 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 on the song yeah well you know what i like to do when i'm taking notes is slide under the influence and talk about the influences Sweet. of the song <laughs> Neil, why don't you uh, let us know what you what you think? Well, I, it was funny that um, that uh, Roger McGuinn said it was basically a bird song. I never realized how much it does kind of sound birdsy in some parts, which yeah. which was really cool. Guitars specifically, mm-hmm. and then um, just some songs that it kind of reminds me of. Only the good die young. Billy Joel, um, uh, Edge of Seventeen. It has a Born to Run, just Americana quality to it. Um, yeah, that's about it. Jordan, what about uh, what about you? What do you what do you think? It's got some definite Southern rock feel to it. Yeah, just it's it's I don't know. To me, it just stands on its own in in a lot of ways. I'm yeah. sure there's tons of influences because of where he came from, and but nothing specifically to me stands out as far as yeah. besides just kind of the t- the times. Yeah, and it's almost Some, it's sometimes almost, one of those sounds just kind of come out uh, like out of the blue, and that's what they are. Like this is yeah. they they found a sound. Yeah. They, it's easier to do influence moving forward. Like this is before. There's not absolutely. much before. Yeah, like, this I was surprised like at how much when I listened to this again for the last two weeks. I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is pretty much the Kings of Le- every rocking Kings of Leon song is this. <laughs> they um, would sound good. Going back it, to, that's for sure. Going back to my '50s thing. I mean, like this is. This is kind of a Bo Diddley song, like in the seventies, right? And I, like, it's maybe a stretch here, but I think it's like a sequel for American rock music to California Girls. I think he's kind of taken the mantle from the Beach Boys a little bit. Mm-hmm. I could see that. What he's doing, yeah, a lot more balls. Well. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's what I would I would say. I would I would say Josh too. Uh... It certainly influenced us. <laughs> it, what, yeah, how could it not? For the Kings. Oh, yeah. I uh, got a new <laughs> album coming out May, May 1st. It's called Turn It Off. Yeah, that's, that's it. Um, so, but speaking of Turn It Off, uh, I think that's time we, uh, we, we turn off the lights and, and slide under the covers and talk about the covers of this song. Uh, Jordan, give us a cover you listened to that you enjoyed or didn't enjoy. Either one. I liked the uh, live version with Eddie Vedder joining in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- yeah. I thought his vocals oh, yeah. just fit oh. so perfectly. Yeah, so good. He added his own little nice twinge with his the way you know the way his voice comes through, and it was it's later in his career, so his yeah. voice is a little bit more grizzled. 
and Eddie uh, loves Petty. Eddie loves Petty. <laughs> Eddie loves Petty. I've, I've I've seen him. I've seen Pearl Jam do uh, wait the waiting. I, I must say, any time that you sure that's not a Pearl Jam song. <laughs> <laughs> any time that Vetter covers a song, it he he's really good. like his voice is so cool and so American. Like when when he when I listened to that version, I was like, God, it sounds so good. He's like meant to sing this, yeah. and yeah, he he really can crush a lot of songs and and give them a lot of power. Um, I listen to the Taylor Swift version, which she released as a single, and you know, uh, it's just an overly produced, like music doesn't match the voice mess of a cover. And <laughs> oh, so I would, oh, I, would, God. I would say, and I don't hate Taylor Swift, I'm not a Taylor Swift hater, I like some of her stuff, but no. There's a hard pass for me. I listened, yeah. <laughs> uh, not the whole way through. <laughs> okay, there, there you go. There you go. Neil, Neil, give us one that you uh, you heard. Well, um, Roger McGuinn from The Birds covered it in 1977 on an album called Thunderbirds. God, it was it was really good. It was very unique. Uh, definitely took it his own way. But it, it was one of the better ones I heard for sure because it was old, and because he was doing his own thing with it. I didn't love it. I like the end. I like when the horns come in. Um, I also thought I was I was like wait a second isn't that Tom Petty? Like <laughs> they sounded very similar uh-huh, vo- uh-huh. vocally. Um, I listened to Luke Sitall sing, um, doing a very acoustic version that sounded like Ryan Adams, which was kind of cool. Let's see that. I heard a to- the Tokyo Police Club, which was a guy doing acoustic live in like London, and it was not good. Um, I listened to Def Leppard doing it. Um, really? Which I just saw them at the uh, uh, the yeah, you did. Taylor Hawkins. Yeah, I saw them, and God, they still got him. And the guitar player is awesome. The guy can still sing. And it, it was a, it was basically doing exactly what the Heartbreakers are doing. But it was fun to listen to. Yeah, I mean, there's like you know, I heard like El King kind of straight cover the Killers doing it at Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. pretty much a straight cover. Um. Other than that, I mean, I would just say if you want to hear a really kick ass and just see like attitude and vibe wise, watch the old Grey Whistle Test mm-hmm. a video of them doing this in like 1978. It's fantastic. They look That's so the fucking cool. Yeah, I think I saw and that one. They're just killing it. Yeah. 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 And last thing before we go to the shoes, if you have never seen it, Tom Petty is from Gainesville, Florida, which is where the University of Florida is. And after he died. You can go to clips, so basically in tribute to him, the entire like 90,000 people at the Swamp, which is where the Florida Gators football team played, sang acapella in unison, won't back down before the game. I think they still do it at every home game, but it was fucking, I like almost made, I, it may have made me tear up a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty I, cool. You, you showed it, it to me. Like, oh my God, that's insane. That sounds really cool. Yeah, so uh, rest in peace, Tom Petty. And on that note, uh, well, well, rest in peace, Tom Petty. And now it's time to figure out how the shoe fits for this song. Um, it's my song, so I did a little research, and I, I'm going to say that this fits like a pair of Fry boots. Yes, Fry, F-R-Y-E. It is the oldest American shoe manufacturer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Been around since 1863 in Massachusetts. Because I just think this song is just 
perfect encapsulation of American rock and roll. Um, or Nike, if you want to do something, you know. Whatever makes you feel like the aspect of American possibility that this song. Yeah, yeah. Achieves. And I'll echo that with, I like that with the motorcycle boots. Just American, open road, you know. It's, it, I, I don't wear motorcycle boots, but I think they go great with this song. But if I did, <laughs> I'd listen to American Girl. Be a lot, be a lot cooler ching, if you ching, did. Ching, 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 ching. Uh, Jordan. I'm going to go with like, the, like, with like a boot that Tom Petty would wear. Um, I would, he wore a shit ton of cowboy boots from ah. what I've, what I've mm-hmm. seen. I always mm-hmm. remember like some kind of like black cowboy boot, mm-hmm. maybe, a, maybe a crocodile thrown in there. Oh, there's um, no, he's yeah. from Gainesville. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's oh, definitely man. some gator yeah. skin yeah. on that boot. Uh, no yeah. gators were killed in the making of this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good, good thing you put that in there. Yeah, yeah. don't want PETA after Pod Game Rock. Well, on that note... They're killing gators on the pod. Our cover of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, America Girl.
The cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at PodGaveRock. Next week is our guest, Jordan's Week. So, Jordan, what will we be discussing? So, my song choice for this week is Mutilated Lips by Ween, my all-time favorite band. Can't wait! <laughs>